What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Peter Spinoza. He is the founder and CEO at Rise Bar. We talk at length about the mindset it takes to be an entrepreneur and also the gut checks you're going to face and how you got to push through them. So I love this talk. It was very, very much about you know how to attack things and how to go through the ups and downs as you build a company. And Peter has done so you know, over 10 plus years. So I think this is going to be the one to listen to if you're thinking of starting your own brand. Peter's got a wealth of knowledge. But before we get into it, as always, look, we put on this show here at Cave Social. We're a marketing agency. We help companies grow through social, whether that's paid social, organic, doing a combination of both. If you're feeling stuck anything when it comes to social media marketing, head over to cavesocial.com, hit the contact us, and we'd love to help you out. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with the CEO and founder of Rise Bar, Peter Spinoza. Peter, how you doing? Hey, doing well, Jordan. Thanks for having me. So first, I'm happy to have you on the show. Next, I want to walk it all the way back. Walk it back. What made you say, hey, I'm going to get into the nutrition bar space and start Rise? So me personally, I, I've always been into health and fitness, uh, been like a lifelong athlete, and I've always really cared about what I put in my body. For me, food is fuel. And back in 2009, I think like some of your other people have been on the podcast, I read four-hour work week, which really inspired me to, to want to start my own company of some sort. At the time, I was selling medical devices and had an awesome job, great culture around other really sharp employees. But kind of deep inside me, I knew I wanted to do something a little bit different. So in 2010, I, I took the year off. At the time, I was in my late 20s and really wanted to travel and explore and try to find out like one new killer idea. And I came across kind of the overarching health and wellness category, which during the Great Recession, you know, 2008, 9, 10, it's one of the only categories that in any kind of industry that grew by double digits. So I felt like there were some legs in the industry at the time. Since I've always been an athlete, I wanted to make sure I had just fewer ingredients for digestion, for performance. And I saw at the time that there was really no other kind of protein snack or performance snack that only had like one, two or three ingredients. So that was kind of the impetus and what kind of inspired me to start the brand. I love it. So you get that, you say, okay, I'm going to go start and do this. What is the next step? Like, is it getting to product where you like, okay, I need to find a partner to make it, or I need to start getting, you know, contracts with retailers? Like, where did you go? So we have a, a kind of a family business and background in manufacturing. And to me, I, I was always really obsessed with how to build a product. So I kind of spent the first six months just figuring out how to architect the product and building out the right facility. And we do all of our own manufacturing to this day in-house in our own facility with our own workers, which is awesome. And that was kind of the first step for me is how do I create this product before I even thought about it, it was kind of the opposite. Most people say, how can I start selling this for me? It's like, how do I have you create this thing that's going to taste amazing and, and be really helpful for everyone? So I spent probably a good six months just architecting the product itself and setting up our facility. Cool. Very, very cool. I like that focus on the product, you know, the getting it to the nutrition that you want, the taste you want, and then saying, okay, how are we going to you know, go and get this out there and sell afterward. Now, the company today, we're fast forward 10 years. Talk to me about, you know, where you are now. Yeah. Where can people find the bar, et cetera? Sure. I'm sure what we'll talk about today, like it, just the overall journey. I mean, there's never any kind of linear journey in any entrepreneurial story. Uh, where we are now, like we're in, I'm so thankful that we're in such a stable growth period trajectory at the early on, you're just trying to survive and you end up, you go past the point of inflection and then, oh gosh, it's like another survival period. 
So it's it's definitely come in waves. And right now, even after COVID, we're the strongest we've ever been, which is awesome after 10 years. Yeah. And talk to me about this, right? I think a lot of people who are thinking about starting a business, they see the tweets, they see the stories about the successes, and maybe they hear about the failures, but I don't think that they hear about the setbacks, the punches in the mouth, and what it truly takes to like, okay, I'm going to build this thing and no plan B. I want to hear about a moment when you were like, man, I've been knocked down, the refs do it, the 10 count, and you're like, I need to get up off the mat and push this thing forward. Yeah. I mean, the the real hard punches definitely occur. It's like every couple of years, you know, every few months, something will happen. But I think the hardest thing for me was that first year, just as you gain new customers, there's inevitably setbacks. And that was the hardest thing. It's like the first few punches are always the hardest. And I think what I realized about myself was, wow, this is not what I anticipated. You expect like there's going to be some hardships, but at, at a certain point, it's like you're running through these brick walls and as an entrepreneur, if you don't have the right advisors or structure around you, like you're going to eventually crash your head. And you can't get through the wall. And I think that's the hardest thing I realized after the first couple of years is like I need the right team and the right advisors around me. And so screening people, the right board, structure, entrepreneurial organizations. I thought I could do it all by myself those first couple of years. And you can only go off you know, your own rocket fuel and blood, sweat and tears for so long before you burn out. Yeah, it's this like I see it. And so many people of like the ego will fuel us the first little bit. Like, I'm going to show them. I'm going to do it. I got this. I'm the man or I'm the woman, whatever. And then to your point, you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I'm going to remove the ego. Maybe I don't know. And I'm going to go get asked for help from people who've walked the walk already, people who've done something in the category already, or someone who can truly help me. And I, at least for myself, like it definitely took a couple of years before I even was I was in no position to even hear advice, you know, year one, two, three. And then you're like, okay, now it's like, I think it's like the mission to actively seek it out. almost. So yeah, I love hearing about stuff like that. Did you go anywhere in particular or did you just like, did you build out? Did did you find a service to help you get these advisors? Like, where did you start when you're like, I need to change the information that I'm getting and be more receptive and get around people, you know, who can kind of point me in the right direction? Yeah, I think I mean there, there's so many different ways you can network, and, and truth be told, like I'm I'm not a networker. Um, I'm I'm more of an introvert, so I I love kind of, I'm like kind of the mad scientist who wants to design the product and the strategy behind the scenes. I'm not always like the front facing person, and so for me it was even more difficult to try to reach out to people and say like help. I really need some advice. I need some counsel. I think kind of where I started is immediately like a you know finding who are other small business owners that you know in your immediate city. And like they all have the war stories and they're so generous with their time. I joined Vistage as well as um, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. And I think, although at first I felt like, okay, this is a lot of money to spend per month. You can't put a price on what your sanity is worth and being able to have other people where you feel like they can provide the safety nets in, in the time of need. But it definitely took a good couple of years to get to that point and like, you know, close to a nervous breakdown, to be perfectly frank. Yeah, it's uh, entrepreneurship's lonely, man. And it's not for the faint of heart, right? Like, I think that's something that we see out there in the popular narrative that, like, start a business, be your own boss, like, just take on the world. And I think that's positive. And the most innovation has come from that. But, you know, it really, the thing that we don't talk about enough is, like, when you're sitting at the top by yourself, like, the air is thin, 
and <laughs> it's lonely and you're wanting to be able to confide in someone who can understand kind of what you've gone through or, you know, give really good counsel. I look, I love my mother to death, but if I'm having issues with my company, I'm not, I can't ask my mom for like advice on what to do. She might say, hey, bake, bake, <laughs> no bake some cookies. Right. So I think what you said there about like joining EO, for instance, is so powerful on saying, I need to expand my tribe and my the people that I sit around the fire with who are in the same position as me or in a similar position or have been where I was 10 years ago so that they can look out for my blind spots. Right. And they can really help take my business to the next level, but also help me from, you know, get through the nerves, the loneliness maybe stop like a business from collapsing, all of those things. So yeah, I, man, I, I think you're you're spot on when it comes to to the power of that. I mean, it took me a while though, right? It took the, the first year, like everyone's running on adrenaline. Even two years, I think you can run on pure adrenaline and take a bunch of punches to the face. I think it was right at the, when I'm about to start the third year and it was right around my birth. And I just remember thinking like, man, this has been such a grind. And it is, there, there is the lonely factor. And I've heard other entrepreneurs on your show, even if you have a partner, sometimes that's almost worse in some ways, if you could, cause you can add like conflict on top of whatever you're for that inner loneliness. You can't always confide and be open. And I think that was the hardest thing for me. And at that time, you know, my late twenties, I, I didn't want to believe I had any kind of flaws or any kind of like chinks in the armor. And I think that was the most humbling thing for me that took you know a year to process after that is that I really, I myself, one guy can't do it alone. You have to build an incredible team. You have to have great people around you. And also like the, the importance of rest and recovery, just taking little micro breaks here and there. It's the, the whole 80 hour week, um, 24 seven, it's, it's not sustainable. And I see so many people burning out, good people, smart people with huge capacities who don't even realize they're burning out. So that's been a big thing for me over the past couple of years is how do I, you know, take some air out of the balloon a lot more frequently. Yeah, it's you know, you mentioned you said you've been a lifelong athlete and I think the athlete mind can teach us to push through and to work hard and do all those things, but what you just said was super important. Athletes who are top performers also prioritize rest and recovery. They know how to work as a team. They know how to like Tom Brady's so amazing cuz he just gets everybody in the right position and he's, you know, and he's, he's watching what he puts into his body and he's mentally sharp and all of these things. It's, it's interesting to hear like that you're almost going back to that initial, like those athletic experiences now and then having them even translate more so to work when it comes to the whole package about performance. I sincerely believe that your, your rest and recovery, like it compounds over time, no different than wear and tear on your body, on, on your mental health. And so for me, I just, I have to be a lot more mindful of you know, taking the right headspace for myself, knowing when, okay, this Ferrari has been on overdrive for way too long. Let, let me pull over for a little bit. And you're just twice as productive afterwards. But it took me once again, a few years to realize, like identifying those early stages of burnout. Is that like a feel thing? Or do you have it like, okay, every set amount of time you're going to go and like take a step back? I have to structure it that way. Um, because sometimes I just, I'll push through, like I, I do a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I skydive, and there's a certain point where in jiu-jitsu, you have to learn when to tap out, like especially in training or, or overtraining. And I think that's really important for me. That was just kind of metaphor overall. Like I always wanted to believe I could push myself that extra little bit. And same thing with skydiving. If you get to be a little bit too addicted sometimes until one time you have a little bit of like, like a parachute incident or something goes wrong and you realize, okay, I need to reframe the way I've been looking at everything. I'm going a little bit too hard right now. 
I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a feel. I don't even wait till that point anymore. I know like I have to take regular breaks every three months. My wife and I were going to do like a little mini vacation, even if it's a long weekend and definitely one longer vacation here. I think that's what made COVID so hard on everyone. You didn't know it. You couldn't go anywhere and you were just kind of attached to your screens for so long. Yeah. I mean, uh, 1000%. And that, that brings me to the, the next thing I wanted to ask you about was I noticed on Rise Bar's social, a tone change when COVID came to be really a lot more workout, you know, advice and a lot more in home. Hey, you can do this. Was, was that all like saying, Hey, we're going to be an ally to our customer for every facet of their life, not only nutritionally, but to look at like helping the customer live a, a more, you know, holistically healthier life. I mean, that, that's, it, it was definitely intentional. That, and that, that's what I've, I've always wanted to build that community. And one of the things I admire so much about say a uh, bulletproof in their brand is that really, they do have a lot of high performance products, but they built that tribe and community from day one of really intense people, uh, really focused around performance. And I think for us, I wanted to have something similar where it's more like mindset and then just like, what are the holistic ways you can balance out your life? And I think once COVID hit April, May, you couldn't really do anything but do a little in-home workout, maybe doing some outdoor workouts, body weight type stuff. And I think that's where we did see a lot of attraction and stickiness with our social. But we, up until that point, like we, I think we were trying too many different things and we felt like, you know what, everyone right now could use a little at-home workout, getting like a quick 10 or 15 minute burner. I know that's what we really wanted to eventually nail on, but it took us you know, nine and a half years to get to that point. It's cool though when it manifests. And I think that even you're saying there, like it takes nine and a half years to get to a point. I think that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell, right? Is like somebody steps in today and goes like, oh, you got this company, you do these things and you're hitting and like, it looks like it happened yesterday, but it's that process. It's that growth, the humility, all of those things that take place internally, both for yourself and for the company that you can see, you know, even just hearing your story now, it's like, it's very inspiring. And I think for someone who's listening to take that, you know, to say, okay, don't be so hard on yourself three, six months in, like commit yourself to the three, six, nine years in. Right. It's, and, and yeah. The, the, as mindset. James Clear says, like the, the 10 years of silence, right? You spend so much time just sharpening the sword and there's, there's really no overnight success. I mean, you see, I think in our culture, you see one or two unicorns and we assume, right? It's all like, it's all relative. You assume that, well, I'm deserving of that. It's realistically, that's like one in maybe a hundred thousand companies. You see everyone else even companies that suddenly explode like Kodiak Cakes. I mean, there were 20 years of kind of silence, just really under the radar with a really good product. And all of a sudden you hit that point of inflection and sticky factor and boom, you can just really take off. So I don't know if, I personally don't know of anyone who's had an overnight hit. Every successful entrepreneur that I know, companies doing 10, 20, 30 million, like they had a, a good base of at least five years with no traction, kind of no one vocalizing or evangelizing the product. And then all of a sudden it just started to take off. Yeah, it's, it's spot on. It's a grind. It takes the work. It takes the commitment. And then that's the mindset. And then if you combine that with a good product, and I think that's the recipe, man. Peter, thanks so much for coming on today. Now, if people want to learn more about Rise Bar and connect with you online, where should they head? Well, I always offer, I, I give out my email for anyone seeking entrepreneurial help. I love to kind of advise people and help just kind of pay it forward because I had a lot of good help. So anyone can always reach out to me at peter at risebar.com. And yeah, feel free to check out our website, risebar.com for any information, products, and just community support and our Instagram as well. Amazing. And I'll put links to all of those in the show notes. So just go down, click that link, uh, head over, check out Risebar and uh, connect with Peter. Thanks again for coming on, man. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Um.